I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble gum. And now, broadcasting live, it's time for the Kick-Ass Radio Show. Your place for motivation, inspiration, and education. Each week, our host, Christopher Rausch, and his guest share what it takes for you to have an unstoppable attitude for your personal and professional success. And now, for your host, Mr. Kick-Ass himself. It's my That's right, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to live while I'm alive. Of course, that's Bon Jovi. It's my life. And you are here at the Kick-Ass Radio Show live, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time from sunny, gorgeous Southern California. What's up, people? I'm your host, Christopher Roush. I want to welcome you all to our show tonight because here on the Kick-Ass Radio Show, we teach you how to have an unstoppable attitude for personal and professional success unstoppable attitude baby that's what it's all about we're live here every monday night at 6 p.m and what happens here in case you're listening uh for the first time um we actually bring our guest here and they share five kick-ass tips that you can begin using immediately so unless you're driving uh make sure you get something to write with because this is really super important you want to take notes i actually just read an article about this that subject this week that successful people take notes they actually write shit down so do that and if you are driving listening on your mobile device number one thank you number two you can always go back and check out these shows later on because they do go to podcasts this is absolutely 100 percent live you can test me you can call in right now but it also goes to podcast right after um the radio show so you can go over to itunes you actually can access it from my website go to christopherrausch.com R-A-U-S-C-H, ChristopherRausch.com. Go to the radio show tab. Halfway down, there's a link to iTunes where you can uh, you can subscribe and follow the podcast. Or if you want, you can obviously check out the kickassradioshow.com uh, through my provider on Blog Talk Radio. So if you do want to call in tonight, um, I'm going to give you the number. So hopefully you're writing stuff down. Uh, you can either ask myself or my, my guest a question. Uh, the number to call in is 646-378. 1582 once again that's 646-378-1582 and speaking of guests we've had some amazing guests on here um a couple of uh, items to note uh this will probably be my next to last official live broadcast of the kick-ass radio show we've been doing it now for let's see we've done 128 127 episodes so when you think about 127 episodes times five kick-ass tips that is 635 tips that could change your life personally and professionally. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But we've been doing it for about a year and a half now. And I got a lot of things going on in life. And I'm thinking about turning it into a podcast, maybe just like a 15, 20 minute podcast once a week, maybe on uh, Sunday nights or Monday mornings, you can listen to it, kind of get motivated, get ready to, for the for the week. But it's not to say the kick-ass radio show won't be back in another variation sometime in the future uh but we all have to focus on our priorities and and i got books i gotta finish doing i got coaching programs i need to revise i got a lot of stuff i gotta uh, focus on 
Plus, as if you're a longtime listener, you know that we're just starting the adoption process. So that is going to ask kicker in a half. We could be parents in a month or we could be parents when I'm 90 and I could both be uh, in, in diapers with my kid. Uh, <laughs> so uh, just, a, just a couple of items of note on that. And uh, if you guys were listening last week, I just got to, I got to apologize uh, on behalf of Blog Talk Radio. That is my service provider that's broadcasting this live to you right now. They had some technical issues on Monday and again on Wednesday, which was really super fun. Not. Um, yeah, basically, <laughs> my, my poor guest, Leslie Nance, she was such amazing trooper. It was her first time being interviewed on the radio, and she was really super incredible. We were having problems where people could hear us. They couldn't hear us. Uh, part of it actually shows up in the podcast. Um, it's really stupid, ridiculous. It frustrated me, and that's one of the reasons why I'm quitting the actual live radio show um, is the technical problems. Uh, and so we redid the show on Wednesday, and guess what? There was still problems. And the, my message through that was that life is going to hand you problems. Life's going to happen. And it's up to us how we respond to it and not react to it. Uh, so we actually wound up making it happen. It was funny because I, they could hear her. So I was messaging with her on Facebook. And I'm like, just take the show. Run with it. Go with it. So she actually was not only her first time guest. She came on and she actually ran the show for a minute until I got the brain idea where I just called into my own radio show. And we did the radio show um, both on our cell phones. So it was actually it was pretty funny. But the point is, that, you know, you just got to you can't give up. You got to be resourceful. And I know we're going to be talking about resourcefulness and not giving up tonight when we uh, when we talk to my guests. And but last week, Leslie and I talked about overcoming her fears. Leslie is a cancer survivor. Uh, she talks about how she did that partly with uh, traditional medicine, partly with holistic medicine. Uh, just an amazing trooper. I hope she's listening right now. Thank you, Leslie. I'm sorry this one's working and that one didn't, but you're going to be my extra special show, just so you guys know that. Um, we talked about overcoming fears. We talked about what being afraid is and what it means. And then you know, we talked about, obviously, ways to confront them and move on with your life. Uh, so I really encourage you to go back and listen to both of those shows. Probably the Wednesday one's going to be better. Just give it a minute on the podcast and uh, you'll be fine. It's great, great content. And, and between the both of us, we share way more than five tips. Uh, so really encourage you to do that. So on with uh, tonight's guest. Oh, one more special announcement. I have a special co-host here in my studio, but he's not going to say hi. Um, for those of you guys who know me on Facebook, Ozzy is, uh, is in the studio with us today. Uh, Ozzy Roush, my dog, my Doberman mix, my sweetheart and a half of a dog. I love this dog, uh, lots. So, uh, he's here keeping me company, laying down, holding the floor down. So just had to give that little special shout out. <laughs> I know I'm lame. Yes, I am. I love animals. Uh, now I sound like Bob Saget. Do you know Bob Saget? Oh my God. He was on full house. He was like the nicest guy in Full House, and his comedy is holy shit. Wow. I mean, it's, I, wow. It's just, check it out, Bob Saget. It's pretty crazy. Um, anyways, my guest tonight is, uh, I forgot how to pronounce her name. We're just going to go with it. Shannon Lagasse. Um, she is the founder of Hung for Happiness, a business dedicated to changing the way women relate to themselves, their bodies, and the world around them. She's also recovered anorexic, bulimic, and binge eater. Uh, and she's turned that into being a health coach whose message is one of self-love and self-compassion in the healing and recovery process. Um, you know, whether it's an eating disorder or emotional eating. And what she does is she inspires women worldwide through her writing, coaching, and speaking uh, just to really have an awesome life. You can check her out at hungerforhappiness.com. I've had the pleasure of talking with her um, 
on the phone, I usually pre-interview my interviewees to make sure they actually are kick-ass people. And she's definitely super, super cool. Um, we hit it off right away. I love her authenticity, her transparency. It is is truly awesome. So uh, please welcome to the Kick-Ass Radio Show, Shannon. Are you there, Shannon? I am here. Hey, Kickers, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm just, I'm sitting here sweating bullets, making sure all this shit works. It's like... <laughs> fucking technology it's great it's awesome but when it doesn't work doesn't it just like suck it's like when your internet on your phone is like you know taking a second and it's refreshing you're like what the hell's going on here it's, but oh, how yeah. are you doing oh doing great doing great just got back from a hike that was wonderful uh so always refreshing to restore in nature awesome where'd you uh where, uh where are you at right now are you um i can't remember what state you live in now i am in western massachusetts Western Massachusetts. So what's the weather like there? It is has been very hot, like high 80s, low 90s, um, kind of humid. It rained the other day. Um, so mostly I'm going outdoors to venture into the wilderness and then coming indoors where the AC is kicking. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, sweetie. I hear you. We're out here in Riverside where it's the desert, and I think outside right now it's 90, 96 degrees. And there's oh some sort goodness. of weird shit coming on. But I think I don't think the uh the the listeners tuned in to hear what the weather forecast is on on each one of the coasts. I gave everybody your uh, your textbook introduction about what you are, but what I'd like for you, Shannon, to do is just um take a few minutes and tell people your story, where you came from, where you're at now, and what makes you a kick-ass girl. Okay. Um I grew up uh, actually in Massachusetts, north of Boston. Um I have a twin sister, so I guess that plays into the kind of dynamic. My parents are divorced. That plays into the dynamic. Um, and, yeah, I guess it, in high school I developed um, an eating disorder. It started with anorexia and bulimia, and then um, I was kind of immersed in that and, and just limiting my food and getting really particular about what I was eating and exercising excessively, like hours every day. Um, and by the time I was 16, in the middle of my junior year, um, the doctor kind of sat me down after an EKG and was like, look, like you, if you keep doing this, you're going to have a heart attack. Like, this is where your heart is at. This is, you know, what, where your heart is really healthfully supposed to be. Um, and at that point, um, I kind of just switched into being a binge eater, and food for me was a way of coping with there was a lot of stuff going on. When I was 14, my dad kicked us out of his house. Um, as I mentioned, my parents were divorced. We were kind of 50-50 going back and forth. And when I was 14, um, my dad decided that we weren't going to live with him anymore. And he had some good reasons for it, but I don't think anything can ever prepare a 14-year-old for their parent being like, no, you don't get to live here anymore. Um, and I didn't get to see my stepmom for a couple of years. And like, it was very traumatizing, and, and I think in this day and age, we don't teach people how to, the kids especially, like how to deal with their emotions and how to process things and how to talk about their feelings. So I used my eating disorder, and that's what my book is about, like how, how we use addictions, we use eating disorders, we use dysfunctional behaviors as a way to express ourselves, as a channel for that expression. So my eating disorder was kind of speaking for me in a way that I didn't know how, um, which is funny because I do a lot of speaking and a lot of writing uh, and I'm pr a pretty vocal person. Um, but when I was 
a teenager, I just I didn't know how or I didn't feel comfortable speaking up about things. Um, so now, I mean, it's kind of kind of the reverse. Like I take a very unconventional approach to life, and I mean, like kind of where I'm at now is why I think I'm kick ass. <laughs> just like it's it's very whatever whatever path society has kind of laid out before me, I've almost almost intentionally, but most of the times unintentionally, veered off of that path and just done things a little differently to gain perspective. Um, I think one of the things that I feel really strongly about is being able to see both sides of the story and, and, and having a broader perspective other than just like, this is how things are done, this is the way that things are supposed to be, but really having different experiences that open you up to seeing why other people make the choices that they do. So I was just actually talking to my friend on this hike about um, he used to gamble. And he was like, a lot of people don't understand that addiction. And I'm like, what is there to not understand? Like, who doesn't love winning, especially when it involves money? Like, I could totally <laughs> see where that would be addictive. Um, and it's just, when you give yourself different experiences, you can kind of see where people are coming from, which allows you to connect with people on a deeper level. And um, another thing I'm really big into is being really vulnerable and really transparent and especially like sharing the things that I don't want people to hear. Um, so when I first started talking about eating disorders, that was not anything that anybody else was really talking about. I mean, they were kind of talking about it in school, but nobody was straight out coming out and saying, like, hey, I have an eating disorder and this is what it's like. And so I remember giving presentations in my public speaking class in school and talking about eating disorders, and the Q&A took up the entire class. And my teacher was like a little missed, but he was really not that pissed off because he was like, this is such an important topic and people obviously have questions about it. But no one ever had ever opened that door to be like, hey, step in my world. Like, I'm really fucked up and I'm willing to publicly admit it. And like, I struggle <laughs> for my life every day. Like, let's talk about that. Um, and that's like, I really try to break down those walls of, of what's considered taboo. Like, hey, like, sex is kind of a thing that a lot of people on the planet do. Like, let's talk about that. You know, or, or hey, food <laughs> issues. Like, 80% of American women are on a diet, and, and the diet in any way, shape, or form is a dysfunctional relationship with food. So, like, let's talk about that. Um, and really, you know, I, I feel like if I can share some of my experiences and what I'm learning and where I'm coming from, and if I can be vulnerable and transparent, I kind of set that precedent for other people where if I can say these, these really intimate, deeply personal things, then other people can come out and say things like, I cried today. You know, that that's like a, a big step for them. Um, and it's kind of like, oh, well, if she can go out and say this like completely outrageous thing, like I can admit to that, but like I was really upset earlier. Um, that, so that's really kind of like where I'm focused now is, is opening that doorway for people to really truly show up as themselves and be authentic and be transparent um, because I think that's what we're missing so much in this world, and that's what builds deeper connection, which facilitates the evolution of of our consciousness, of our minds, of of us as a species. Wow, that is a that is quite a uh, quite a, a speech there you you have, Shannon. I have a couple of questions based on on how you 
on what you went through. But uh, just for those of you guys joining us, we're on the Kick-Ass Radio Show. And how do you pronounce your last name? Legassi. Legassi. Okay, we're on with Sharon Legassi here on the Kick-Ass Radio Show. We're talking about uh, eating disorders and ways to overcome them and just uh, being your true authentic self. And you talked about vulnerability. A um, couple of questions. You, you mentioned you have a twin sister. Do you have any other siblings? I have two step-siblings, uh, older stepbrother, older stepsister. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, so was there a history of, I'm fascinated by addiction and because and, I had my own little uh, foray into it for a while when I was younger, uh, not food, but something else. Um, is there a history of eating disorders in your family? In my family, um, in my extended family, like my step family, there are some people, um, but in my immediate family, no one has um, no one has an eating disorder. There are definitely people who have unhealthy relationships with food, but never a clinical eating disorder. Hmm. So what what made you? Because I, I mean, like you were talking about gambling. You know, some people don't understand gambling. Some people don't understand uh, drugs or alcohol or sex or you know basket weaving or whatever it might be. What what drew you to food as opposed to you know other escapism stuff like you know drugs and alcohol? Um, I think, well, I have a couple, couple thoughts on this for myself and then just in general. Um, I think in general, food is a socially acceptable drug. Um, mm. And it, it's the most convenient and it's the cheapest. So you can go any time of day or night to a convenience store or gas station and get food. Um, I mean, I guess at any time of day or night, you could also go out and get drugs, but that's going to be a lot, like you have to know somebody. Whereas, it, like, food is readily available. You don't need an ID to buy food. You don't, you know, go through a questioning process, and you don't have to, like, know somebody who knows somebody to get food. So it's socially accessible, and I think there's also a big focus on food in my family. And, and I remember growing up, it, like, being told that I was going to be fat and that I had to watch my weight and just little things where, like, people, I, I come from this, idea that everybody is well-intentioned and that whenever somebody says something, we may be like, who tells a kid that they're going to be fat, right? Like, we might judge that. That's kind of our, you know, like, <laughs> I think we, we, we're so quick to judge people without thinking, where are they coming from? And, like, I think when my grandparents or my parents or people in my family were saying, you're going to be fat or, you know, you shouldn't eat those cookies, you're going to get fat, they were trying to be helpful. And what they weren't realizing and what I think a lot of people don't think about is the message underneath that. Like, if you're telling me that I can't eat cookies because they're going to make me fat, like, you're telling, you're sending me all these messages about food, about my body, about fat, about my ability to trust my own hunger signals, or, or you know, in this case, really not trusting my body to tell me when I'm hungry and when I'm full. Um, there, there are so many, like, underlying messages that are communicated constantly when we're talking to people and when we're, we don't even realize that we're selling people these beliefs all the time that like eating these cookies is going to make you fat. I was, I was never fat as a kid. I was always like, you know, my sister and I were like these bean poles with hollow knees and we ate so much food and we were always hungry, but we were super skinny. And I just, you know, I kept hearing that. I kept getting that messaging of like, you're going to be fat, you're going to be fat. So it just became like this obsession with like, well, I want to be the, the, I guess like the best possible person that I can be. And in my head that meant like being skinny. And so it started out just like 
losing weight. You know, like I just wanted to lose weight and I went on a diet and I was reading all these magazines about like how to cut out sugar and how to cut out oils and how to like not use salt and use spices so you don't have bloat and I just started researching like dieting tips and I started going to the gym more regularly and, and, and the results, like the feedback that I was getting was so positive. Like people were like, wow, Shannon, did you lose weight? You look great. And like getting that feedback was addictive. You know, and as, for, as someone who was, who was seeking external approval, it was needing to be validated. You know, that's what I was getting complimented on. No one was like, wow, Shannon, you're super smart, like, which might have made me dive deeper into my studies instead of kind of like disengaging with school. Um, you know, I was getting praised for, for being thin and for losing weight. Yeah, it's amazing that how, how people will be quick to compliment you or diss you based on your appearances. But like you said, you know, you do something great and it's like they don't reinforce it and, and they, they, they're, they don't understand because I know somebody very, very close to me who experienced that from her own dad where, you know, he was like, okay, you're fat. Nobody's going to love you and everything. And it was like, how can you say that to somebody? I mean, that's ridiculous. Cause I mean, that, that, I mean, I was talking about where I'm going to talk to you about this in a second, but you know, people get, give me shit for cussing. They're like, you know, why do you have to use profanity and all this stuff? I mean, I'm, I'm, if you search profanity on the internet, you probably find my name with public speaking because I've defended <laughs> it so much. I'm like, it's words. It's not a big deal. You know, I'm more worried about like, like words like fat and stupid and obviously racist words. Um, those things, those things have lasting impacts on people's, um, attitudes and their, and their health, their, 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 their mental health. Um, cause I know people that are still struggling, they can't go back and talk to their parent or their, or somebody because now they're dead and they have to live with that judgment for the rest of their life. And it's just stupid. It's like, okay, let's try to understand the person and, and, and understand the illness and then provide some help as opposed to just thinking, oh, well, if I, if I make them feel like shit, then they'll change. It's like, no, you make them feel like shit and they're going to want to go find a way to mask the pain. Like they have been doing you idiot. So, uh, <laughs> is it. So, um, does your sister? How's your sister play into all this? I mean, being a twin, is she a? Uh, I, I can't forget it. Uh, is she an identical twin, or is she a? What's the other one? Fraternal. We're fraternal. Fraternal. Mhm. So that's where you guys look alike. Where we don't look alike. Okay, so where we don't look alike. See, I'm not. I'm not very versed on twins. Um, so, does how does she play in it? So, you guys have a good relationship. Did she experience the same things? Um, not really. My, my sister has always kind of processed things a little differently, um, which was part of the, she and my stepmom really didn't get along. They didn't, they didn't see eye to eye, and that's part of, I mean, that could be part of why I feel so strongly about seeing things from different perspectives, because I was constantly listening to them fight, because it was kind of like one person was saying one thing, and the other person was saying another thing. But they were, it was almost like they were speaking different languages, like they were never getting through to each other. Um, so, like, I think my dad was just thinking, like, it's going to be best for them if they're not, like, around, if, you know, just to, like, eliminate this bickering and fighting, which isn't healthy for anybody. So my sister was kind of like, cool, like, I get to live with my mom, it's closer to school, there's less rules, whatever. So I think she kind of just went with that. Um, and she's also been, I think I'm a way more, like, emotional, highly sensitive person um, where like this kind of stuff, like I take it on and like I, it takes a while to like process it and really like feel all of it and I get 
into it, you know, like especially as a coach, I'm like, how is this affecting me? Like what beliefs have I created about this, about relationships, about family, about love, about life, about myself. Um, and I think she's just kind of, she sees things as more black and white. So she kind of was like, oh, I don't live at my dad's anymore. Life goes on. School, 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 graduate, you know, college, that whole thing. Whereas for me, it, it made like such a profound impact on my life um, because I was very like attached to having my dad. So I'm kind of like a little bit in the backstory. Is, is my dad met my stepmom when we were six, which is about the same time that my parents divorced, like a year after they divorced or something. And um, and when my stepmom came in, she's such like a dominant personality that my dad kind of stepped into the background, and my stepmom became the be-all, end-all here for, like, discipline and parenting and decisions. And so from a young age, like, my dad was kind of disengaged from the parenting process. And all I wanted was, like, for my dad to step up and be a dad. And uh, and I would constantly, like, engage in arguments and, like, kind of poke holes in things and, like, you know, like, it, it try to purposely irritate him to get a rise out of him because I was like, oh, look, like, you speak. Thank you. Like, I was such a smart ass. I was like, oh, you have opinions. And because um, I was just like, I just wanted my dad to, like, to talk and, like, to make decisions. I was like, is this her decision or did you guys actually talk about this? Because I know she's using your name, but I also feel like that might be fake. And, um... And and so I like I had a strong attachment to to my dad because like my mom was always part of my life and she would always want to be like super engaged in everything. But my dad was like an emotionally absent father. He, you know, it wasn't like he wasn't around. He just wasn't very emotionally available. And I like really wanted that. So is he around today? Uh, like physically, yeah, he's still around. He's actually. <laughs> He's hiking Half Dome um, this week in Yosemite. Um, so, I mean, but that's kind of the extent of, like, what I know about what he's doing in his life. We talk, like, every couple months, and I, I saw him, like, last month. He didn't even know that I had, like, moved back up to the area. He was like, oh, what are you doing up here? Um, <laughs> wow. So, yeah, I mean, which is weird, but it's just kind of, I, I've just gotten to a point where in my life, I only want people who really want to be in my life. And it was it took me a really long time to come to terms with the fact that my dad is just like, it doesn't make him a bad dad, it doesn't make him a bad person, it doesn't make me a bad person, but just like, he's not super interested in being an active part of my life. And instead of like trying to force him to change and getting upset about it, I've just kind of accepted that and then just, you know, I have really strong friendships. I have a great relationship with my mom and my stepdad. Um, and, like, that's enough. And, and as long as I'm not judging it, like, my dad should want to be a part of my life, I'm okay with it. Like, I'm okay with making that decision, both of us making that decision to just not engage in a relationship. Wow. You uh, you, you, um, you have such a... Uh... Uh, a good soul about you. You have, you have this like introspective uh, way about you. And I want you to share with the audience, if you don't mind, how old are you? I'm 22. 22. I mean, 
you have the wisdom. I mean, I just want to share with the uh, with the with the listeners out there. And by the way, guys, if you want to call in and ask either one of us a question, the number six four six three seven eight. 1582. Um, and, and I've done research on Shannon. It sounds kind of creepy. I've actually stalked you a little bit because I'm a radio show host, but, um, I was talking earlier. I have two questions that are in my mind right now. Uh, number one, how do your, how does your family feel about you being so outspoken? Cause you are, that's what I love about you. You're like me. It's like, okay, Hey, I'm having a bad day. Hey, this is going on. You know, people connect with you. How, what does your family think about that? They're like, Hey, I'm worried about what Shannon's going to say on Christopher's radio show today. You know, she going to, I mean, do they support you or are they scared of it? Or, you know, how do they feel about it? Um, it's like a mixture. Like some of my family is really supportive and they're like, we're so proud of you. And then there's some like ambivalence where it's like, we're really proud of you, but we wish that like you wouldn't swear so much or we wish <laughs> that like you, you wouldn't like write things. I mean, I, I had even had someone suggest when I was writing my book um, that I use like different names. And I was like, no, like you cannot, there is no name or character that you can make up that will ever be the same as a mom. Like moms play a crucial role. Dads play a crucial role. Siblings, grandparents, like there, there is no euphemism for those relationships. Um, and so I kind of, I like emailed my family like a week before my book came out and I was like, hey, here's a copy of my book. Like, just so you know, like you don't really get a say in whether or not this comes out because it's coming out next week. <laughs> it's like copy submitted to Amazon and Kindle. Um, but like, just so you're prepared. And I, I, like even my mom's neighbor, she was like, that was very brave of you. She was like, I can't believe that you would post a book like that about your family. Like there's, especially with the older people, like the, the older members of my family are like, it kind of, they, they condemn it a little bit because they're, like, they're in the mentality of like, you keep that behind closed doors. And that's something right. that like, I really don't stand for in my family at all anymore. Like, if you have a problem, you speak to me about it. And if I find out that you're talking behind my back, you bet your ass I'm calling you on it. Because it's like, you can sweep shit under a rug, but all you end up with is a giant steaming pile of shit under your rug, and at some point it becomes way too obvious to not talk about it, and like, yep. it also has so much, there's so much more like anger and frustration and resentment when you, when you don't talk about it. So like, it actually allowed me to have a better relationship, at least with like my mom and step, stepdad, because we've been able to talk about some of these things, and, and my, um, my mom's mom was like, I never, she was like, I totally cried reading your book and, and I'm so glad that you're doing this work because it, like, it, she was like, I know that I had food issues and I passed them down to your mom and she passed them down to you, but like, you get to be the healing for future generations. Like, that. I'm glad this isn't going to be passed down more. And, and like, kind of like, she was, it was kind of like you stepped to the, up to the plate where we didn't. And like, I'm proud of you for that. Um, and my, my dad's mom was like, she, she was like, how the hell did I not know that this was going on? Like, where was I when this was happening? And it was like, <laughs> I was like, man, it's not like you weren't there. It's just I wasn't ready to talk to anybody about it. Like, I didn't have words. Like, how do you say to your dad's mom, like, my dad is like failing me as a dad. Like, you're, you know, what is my nana going to do? Call up John. John, you got to talk to your daughter. 
You get to talk to you. <laughs> like, why are you not talking to you? Like, cause she's done that before, and it's, like, ineffective. It's like, Dad's like, why is Nana calling me? Like, why is my mom calling me to tell me to talk to you? Um, <laughs> it's, just, like, it's, like, just not effective. Um, and then there are other people, like, my stepmom, like, doesn't talk to me anymore. Uh, she, like, unsubscribed from my newsletter, and I was, like, so long. Um, and, but, like, I really, I mean, I was being sarcastic about it, but I was really, like, kind of hurt where I was, like, hey, I thought we could at least have a mature adult conversation about, like, how you felt about this book. And, and I, I prefaced my book, too, where I was, like, every family has these stories. You know, I have yet to meet a person whose family is not dysfunctional in some way. Like, everybody's got shit that they swept under a rug and that they keep behind closed doors. And the difference is, like, I'm putting it out on display for thousands of people. And, and I'm doing that because I know that if I had this experience, someone else had this experience. And if I can learn from it, you can learn from it too. And, and my whole thing, like, what got me through my eating disorder was knowing that there was something so much bigger than me. Like, if I was stuck struggling for my life, like struggling to keep myself alive, I couldn't be of service to other people. And I was like essentially useless to other people. And so if I can go through something as shitty as it is, anything in life, not even just the eating disorder, but other things that I've been through, and share what I'm learning with other people and kind of start the conversation about that. I went to um, a family picnic like a month or two ago, and um, and some of my family members, it was like I actually escaped into the, there was like the sitting area in the bathroom, and I like escaped in there because I just needed to like, I got this thought and I really wanted to write. Um, so I was sitting in the bathroom sitting area writing, and then one by one people were coming in to like talk to me about my book and about their own food struggles and their own body image stuff and like things that were going on <laughs> in their lives. And it was just so cool because before, I mean, it's not that people didn't have problems before, it's just that we weren't talking about them. And I think as resistant as some people were to me talking about these things, it actually opened the conversation for deeper healing as a family and as individual members of that family. Hmm. That's cool. That's cool. I mean, yeah, I mean, everybody's got to open up. I mean, that's, you can, like you said, you can bury it under the rug and sit there and be a victim of it and go like, oh yeah, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. I'll just let it build. I'll just let it live in quiet desperation until one day. What do you do? You got to deal with it anyway. So might as well deal with it as it comes and develop the confidence to be able to do that and live an awesome life versus like, okay, well, I spent 20 years being pissed off at my mom for something that happened when I was 16 and, and now I've ruined relationships and now I got to go to therapy for the next 10 years to undo all the crap that I convinced myself that was bad about everybody. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's just great. So I think, I think what you're doing is amazing. Let's get to, uh, let's get into the kick-ass tips. Um, give us kick-ass tip number one, my friend. All right. I'm pulling them up. Um, so the first one, um, when I was thinking about like what is the most important thing that people need to know, and I was like, there's so much. But the first thing was to take responsibility for your life, um, which is, and this was my friend and I were talking about this on the hike, it's so difficult sometimes to take responsibility for your life because it means taking responsibility for the times that you fucked up and taking responsibility for how you've created your own unhappiness and you've created your own shitty situations. Um, 
But the great thing is like the moment that you take that responsibility back, you become empowered to make change. So if, if I think that I'm subject to everybody else's thoughts and opinions, like for instance, if, if I think that uh, if I chose not to share my writing because my family was going to be mad at me about it, like that's, that's not on them. You know, they had opinions, but it was my decision to not publish my writing. So taking that responsibility, like always reflecting back to yourself, like how am I creating this? How does I contribute to this? Because even if you have, like, let's say you have a dysfunctional and healthy relationship, there's some aspect of that that is yours, even if it's just that you stayed in this unhealthy relationship when you knew that it was unhealthy. Um, so taking responsibility, how do you how do you reflect it back to yourself? Um, which was my second opinion is <laughs> where my second kick-ass tip is as well is reflecting judgments back to yourself. So like when I, I talk about um, projection a lot, um, that often when people are unhappy, instead of owning it for themselves, they project it onto other people. So what I realized was that when my mom and my grandmother were telling me that I was going to be fat or they were like, yeah, basically telling me that I was going to be fat and I was going to end up like them. They weren't saying, you're going to be fat. What they were saying is, I'm fat and I'm uncomfortable with it. And I'm not happy with it. And like, because I can't handle that for myself, it's now like I'm projecting it onto you and making it your responsibility to deal with that. Um, and so it's like noticing when people are projecting onto you, which basically, like anytime someone judges you, it's a projection. You know, if they say oh, yeah. that you're lazy or that you have no willpower, what they're basically saying is, I'm lazy. I have no willpower and I see that in you and I don't like it about myself, so I'm going to say it to you because I'm not ready to admit it to myself. So recognizing projection and then like from other people so that you can kind of differentiate between like feedback versus projection. And then also, when are you projecting onto other people? Like I notice that there have been times when I've gotten angry about something and I don't get angry almost ever, but lately I've been like really angry. So I was like, what is this about? Like obviously it's not about anybody who's in my life. Like why am I getting angry? And I realize it's because I need alone time and I haven't taken time for me. So it has absolutely nothing to do with anybody else. It has nothing to do with the terrible drivers on the road. And it has everything to do with me not having not making time to be alone in my own energy and in my own space. And because I haven't done that, it's just now all of a sudden everybody's an asshole. And and like that's how I'm seeing the world. So reflecting being aware of when you're being projected on and when you're projecting onto others. Um, mm. The third thing is to practice gratitude because we all have things like anybody who's listening to this, you have access to a cell phone or the internet. And if you have access to those things, you have access to all of the information that exists in the world. There is like everything, the entire world is at your fingertips. You can connect with people across the country, in other countries. It's amazing. And when you actually tap, and not even like a lot of people, they're like, oh, I write down the 25 things that I'm grateful for every day. Okay, like, but what is, are you feeling it? Because 
there's a difference between writing something and making it a rote habit and actually feeling it. Like getting into this place of how freaking cool is it that the entire world is at your fingertips. That I can look at something that I wrote like a couple months ago when we booked this show and see what the hell I was thinking back then. Like how how is that even possible? Someone someone made this phone. I don't know even what all is in it because I don't know how to open it up. But someone was genius enough to put it together and like getting excited and getting like curious and joyful about how cool life is and how awesome it is that that like I have light like. Someone invented a light bulb and electricity and like all these things. Um, really tapping into that place of when you're when you're expressing gratitude, actually feeling it. Um, exactly. Because the I mean, more and, and just, just, hmm? no, I just I just want to interrupt you for a second because um yeah we, now we're on kick ass tip three, but when we're talking about gratitude, it's so funny you say that because uh, I guess probably about six months ago I uh, I was talking with somebody in this about everything it's like oh man this sucks and that sucks and you know blah 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 and just out of the top of my head i remembered something that came to me probably about a year before that and i said by any chance did you go somewhere in your house and did you turn a knob and hot water came shooting out of the wall and uh he was like be like okay chris you're crazy what are you talking about and i said think about it i said you walked into a room in your house and you turned a nozzle and hot water came shooting out of the wall and you can there as long as you want and take a hot shower. That is pretty freaking cool when you think about all the people in third world countries, think about people who are homeless like I was. And that is pretty cool. I remember me bitching about stuff and I caught myself and I was like, okay, Chris, you're standing in a shower. This is pretty neat. You, When you were homeless, you didn't have a shower. Um, so it's, you're, you're yeah. so right, Shannon, because we, 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 we don't, we, we think we practice gratitude, but you're right. You got to put emotion into it. And one of the things I started doing to build on your tip is doing the gratitude journal also. And I found myself cause I'm my own best coaching client. I found myself, I'm like, okay, I'm writing this stuff down and I appreciate it, but how much do I really appreciate it? So I said, I'm going to do something different. So every night when I go to sleep, when I lay my head down on the pillow, I say out loud to myself what I'm thankful for that day. And I actually, because there's actually something that happens with your subconscious mind that, that makes it more of a conviction when you say it out loud. So I say, you know, wow, I'm thank you. I'm thankful for my nice truck today. I'm thankful for the, the meal my wife cooked for me. I'm thankful for the guys at work who kicked ass. I'm thankful for my guests on my radio, you know, whatever it might be. And then I wake up and I do the same thing. I say, I think I'm, I'm not a very religious just or not a religious person hardly at all um <laughs> and i practice more spirituality but I wake up in the morning i'm like all right you know today i get two choices i get a choice to be part of the problem or part of the solution and that's what you talked about in the first one which i love take responsibility for your life is there are so many people out there that are trying to blame their teachers and their parents and society and the politicians and you know all this other shit their bosses and their co-workers oh that's why my life sucks and that's why i don't have this and it's like you said it take responsibility for your life ask yourself am i being part of the problem or part of the solution answer yourself honestly and then get get to work right mm -hmm. yeah and that's really like the gratitude part just i think this is where kids are such great teachers, right? And then it, they get so excited by the littlest things. And and how cool is that? That I think they just naturally have this deeper connection to to gratitude and to the universe, just because they're 
they're looking at everything with awe and wonder, and we kind of we go through our lives and we forget. You know, I hear cars driving by, and I might get a little frustrated, like, why are cars like? Why are they so loud? Um, you know, why do I hear them like in my apartment? But then you think like, okay, that's one way I can look at it, or I can look at it like, we can drive anywhere, like. I drove this month to like North Carolina and New York and New Hampshire. It's like all over the place. And some like not that long ago, there are people alive today who were around when cars didn't exist. That is like a new invention. So that's just a different way to frame it. Um, I think gratitude helps to put things in perspective. That you can either look at things as a problem, or you can look at and look at them a different way and think, like, what's cool about this? What can I find to be grateful for? And that's not to say, like, my fourth thing is, <laughs> is to not deny that you have emotions. And sometimes you're going to get angry or sad or upset or frustrated, irritated, afraid, and those are all okay. And I think there's a tendency, especially in the self-help community, I used to work at a place where, where there they're saying is happiness is a choice. And when I got unhappy, people would be like, why are you doing unhappiness? You know, happiness is a choice. You can choose to be happy. And I'm like, fuck you. You know what I'm choosing? To be unhappy, <laughs> which is just as okay. And I think the coolest thing about the life I live right now is I could be bawling my eyes out on the floor or laughing my ass off on the floor and I am equally happy in both of those moments. Like I'm equally okay with both of those emotions because there's no judgment of one being better or worse than the other. They're both just energies that are being expressed. And so when you can look at when you can allow yourself to feel your emotions, express your emotions in a healthy way, and then kind of look at where they're coming from. So like when I get angry, I go for a run and I get in my car and I scream at the top of my lungs and I just I'm like fuck 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 and I just go through like my friend Mike has this fuck everything exercise where you're like fuck people who can't drive, fuck people at the grocery store who take 25 minutes to bag your groceries, fuck that like, you just <laughs> fuck everything, and it's so to give yourself permission to just be like heinously judgmental, and then and then you just get it out like you don't have to. You don't have to do it around anybody else. You don't have to project it onto other people. You don't have to, you know, bring other people down. You just just getting that emotion out and the root fuck is so great for like that anger emotion. And then I agree. You just you just feel like so much better because now that energy is gone. You can be like, cool. Now that I'm not all riled up by my anger, like, what's that about? Like, what what am I not? What am I not giving myself? What am I not getting? What do I want? What do I need? Um, where is this coming from? And you can just really get curious about like what's actually going on. But until you give yourself permission to have that emotion, if you're judging that emotion, you can't access it, which means that you can't figure out where it's coming from, which means it's just going to get bigger. And it's just going to perpetuate itself. You are you are so right, and you are so my people. Oh, and by the way, guys, uh, this show is like not rated. Uh, braided g so <laughs> no i'm sure they figured that out by now after 127 episodes uh no i totally agree i mean you got you got to get it out and you know it's 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 the funny thing because i see so many people and that's part of the thing i do i don't really do 
coaching anymore. I, 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 that's why I saw your post recently and I was like, okay, she's going through the same thing I went through because I would sit there and I try to get people. I'm like, let it out, you know, call whoever you're mad at, let it out. You know, I'm not necessarily a therapist, but it's like, okay, I can see there's some sort of blockage in there. And sometimes people would let it out and they're like, oh my God, I haven't said those things out loud in 20 years. Well, I know you've been carrying around all this garbage. I mean, could you imagine sitting there taking out your kitchen, kitchen trash and like carrying it around with you for 20 years? And like, oh, yeah, I got to dump this somewhere. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, let it out. And, and you know, what you were saying about projecting, I think, was was spot on also, Shannon, because it's like we do. And I, I tell people we don't like we often don't like what in others like in ourselves. And I've tested people on that. And I found myself doing that same thing. It's like, OK. I drive on the freeway a lot, so I'm like, okay, why am I so pissed off at all these assholes trying to cut in and, and not be in the line like I am? I'm trying to do the, the right thing, and these people are trying to cut in, and I'm like self-analyzing myself going, okay, why am I so pissed off at them? What do they think? They're better than I am? Do they think they have, you know, they have more important things to do than I do? And, uh, you know, it's just it's just funny what we do on ourselves and, and how we think about it. And then finally, I just go, I don't give a shit. I, I listen to a podcast or I listen to something. Um you know, I become part of the solution because I'm like, okay, I'm a part of the problem right now if I'm just bitching about it. So it's like, what am I going to do? Am I going to not drive? Am I not, am I, why? What am I going to do? Oh, I got to drive. I'm not going to change the world. So turn on some music and sing Bon Jovi. <laughs> awesome. So uh, give us kick-ass Give us kick -ass tip number five, my dear. All right. The last tip is to stop giving a shit what other people think. Um and that's not just, like, a lot of people are like, well, sometimes it does matter, like, what your boss thinks about you or what your partner thinks about you. And there's, like, those are important opinions to consider. And what I also offer is that, like, what you think has to take priority. And, and, and what your boss, like, what your boss thinks is obviously important, and, but you might also figure, like, that, the job that you're not in, that you're in, is not right for you. Like that might be when you look at the way that you think and the way that your boss thinks, and and there's like a disconnect. If you can't make that connection, maybe you're in the wrong job. And and I would also like to think that your partner would accept you, whatever you decide to do. So like if if I decided to go on a road trip and my partner didn't want me to go to a road trip, and I was kind of like, well, I'm going on this road trip. I mean, if they chose to leave me because of that, and that wasn't my partner. It, but if they were like, okay, well, I'm not super excited that you're going, but have fun, you know, good luck, safe travels, then that's part, probably like a better partnership for me. And what I see so often mm -hmm. is people, they make what other people think about them their main priority. So when they get dressed, like I always think it's funny when people are like, wow, like, you look so good today or something. And especially when guys are hitting on you and they're like, did you wear that for me? I'm like, yeah, because when I woke up this morning, I thought, what kind of random man am I going to bump into and how can I best impress this person that I don't even know yet? Um, obviously, like, I did not get dressed for, like, for other people. Now, when I'm in a work environment, I try to wear, like, work-appropriate clothes. And when I'm in a gym environment, I'm trying to wear gym-appropriate clothes. But I don't think about you know, what other people are going to think. I'm not wearing something with the intent on someone else liking it. Like, my main priority is, is do I feel comfortable in it? Do I like the way that it looks on me? If other people like it, cool. Like, more people to appreciate. But that's not my main game. And the same with, there are things that I'm going to post on Facebook that, 
sometimes I post things and like nobody likes it and nobody talks about it. Like there are some subjects that I'm getting into now and I'm having conversations and I have like one friend that I can talk to about these things and it is guaranteed with everybody else to shut down the conversation and people just kind of like walk off or they turn on the radio or they like somehow veer out of that conversation. And I don't take that as like, oh, I shouldn't have this conversation or I'm a bad person for bringing this up. It's just like, okay, that's not the kind of person who wants to have this conversation. I'll go do that with somebody else. Um, but I think the sooner you let go of caring what other people think, the sooner you become free to be who you actually are. Because if you're keeping yourself caged in because you're afraid of being perceived, in a, in a, like you're afraid of being perceived as ugly or dumb or out there or even like like if I talk about sex, like some people, you know, some people might be worried about being called a slut. I certainly got slut shamed by my ex when I first started dating other people. But I was kind of like, well, I could either buy into your opinion of that that I'm a slut, or I could just be comfortable in my sexuality. Like those are, those are your options. If you always have the option to take on what somebody else is saying about you, whether it's positive or negative, or to have your own opinion about yourself and to get cool with yourself and all the choices that you make. Because ultimately, like, making peace with your choices, sometimes you might make the, a, a wrong choice or a not-so-great choice or you might make a choice that has some unintended negative consequences. But when you can stick with that choice and know that you made it, you that also goes back to taking personal responsibility. Like, I made this choice myself, like based off of what I wanted, not what someone else wanted. So I can't blame anybody else for how I feel or how things turn out because I made that decision. Um, so it's, it's helpful to get other people's inputs. Like I was looking at apartments and I asked the realtor today, she showed me two different apartments, I said, which would you rather live in and why? Because I wanted to get her opinion. You know, I saw these apartments for like 10 minutes each. I don't know what potential problems there might be or what, what it's like to live in that area and she lives in the area. Um, so it, it can be great to get input, but make sure that your opinion takes priority, that what you think always gets the final say because you know yourself and what is going to be best for you better than anybody else. Um, mm. That is that is so true. We got we got about we got about five minutes left in the show, Shannon. Um, and we had somebody I had somebody actually text me a question. Stop when they said you know stop talking about giving a shit. They said, how do you do that when it's gonna hurt people? Because we want to be honest and we want to find creative ways to, you know to tell somebody something you know that we don't you know that we're we're tired of something and stop giving a shit. But how do you do that you know when you know you're gonna hurt somebody? And I know you said that earlier. That something about. Um, that you know that's they have to they have to understand it and they have to go through that hurt to get to the healing but what's your advice when you're just like because you're just kind of out there and just like oh hey listen you got a small dick i don't want to date you i don't know if you'd say that out loud but um you know, how, do you, how, do you, how do you how do you filter that or do you filter that when you have to tell somebody the truth well and that's where it's like so i grew up my stepmom was very blunt where she straight my grandmother was like why don't you spend time with us and she's like because i don't like you um, I don't like spending time with you. And that's where I'm like, okay, I get where you're coming from, and I totally respect that opinion because, you know, you might not like spending time. I like spending time with my grandmother, but, you know, to each their own. But there's also a better way to word it. So, I mean, like, when I, I'm, I'm actually working on a piece 
uh, for a dating site called The Loving Letdown, which is which acknowledges people like if someone asks you out or you go out on a date and you decide that you're not interested, instead of just ignoring them or doing something like that or making them bad or wrong in some way, like, oh, you have a small dick, you acknowledge like the courage that it takes to ask someone out. You acknowledge them for the great things about them. And you also like, you know, you let them down and I, I'm not interested. I told a guy, I was like, Right now, I'm functioning from a hell yes or hell no principle. So if it's not a hell yes, like, hell yeah, I'm super excited to see you. Hell yeah, I want to date you. Hell yeah, I want to hook up with you. Then it's a no. And I was like, and I'm not feeling the hell yeah, so I'm going to pass. And he was like totally cool with that. And, and I think when it comes to hurting other people too, this is where take responsibility for yourself also is kind of more literal and like take responsibility for yourself not for how everybody else is going to feel. Because if you walk around trying to censor yourself because someone's going to be upset that you said fuck, or someone's going to be upset that you said sex, or someone's going to be upset that like you had whatever opinion, there's nothing that I could say that uniformly across the world everybody would be okay with. There's, there's, I, no matter what I do or say or think, I'm going to step on somebody's toes. And I can either pussyfoot around it my entire life or I can just be like unapologetically who I am, and if other people have a problem with that, they can deal with it themselves. But then I also invite people to like, if you have a problem with me, please tell me. If you have a problem with the way that I say things, please tell me. And I had I had this great conversation with with my grandmother because I posted something. She wasn't happy with what I said or how I said it. And so when we had a conversation about it, I was able to share where I was coming from. And she understood better where I was coming from, and then she was like, "Oh, okay, I get it." And like, I, I still wish that you hadn't said this, but I get where you're coming from. So you can also open the doors for authentic communication. I think a lot of people don't want to give feedback because they're afraid of getting the feedback. Um, right. I've kind of made it okay for my family. I'm like, there is nothing you can say that's going to make me hate you. All right. So if you have a problem, please just say it because I'd rather us talk about this because you can sense when someone has a problem with you, but they're not saying anything. And it, it, it creates tension in relationships, which means that you're not really connecting as deeply as possible, which to me isn't as loving. Like if I am engaging in a relationship with somebody, it's because I want to be all in. Um, right, right, and and and, and I, I hate to interrupt you right there because interrupting is one of my one of my pet peeves. I hate doing it, but we got about a minute thirty five seconds. I want to make sure that you get a chance to give a shout out to where people can get the conversation with you, address, uh, your phone sure. number, whatever you want to give out, uh, so that my listeners can uh, keep the conversation going with you later on. Sure. Um, right now, my website is hungerforhappiness.com. That will kind of be changing over time uh, to shannonmagaffey.com. Um, but right now, like if you go there, there's a little opt-in bar where it says like sign up to get weekly coaching advice on the life loving and getting the life loving body you want. Um, if you enter your name and email there, um, I'm kind of sending out. I'm not just talking about food relationships anymore. I'm talking about romantic relationships, I'm talking about owning an authentic business and being an entrepreneur, I'm talking about spirituality, kind of talking about, hey, we live a life that encompasses all of these different things, and yeah, we talk about food, but food is the result of all of these other things being out of balance, so hey, let's talk about that. I think it's just going to be my new tagline, hey, let's talk about that. Um, so you can go to hungerforhappiness.com. <laughs> that is awesome. 
And uh, for those of you guys driving, listening on your mobile device, all of this information is available on the kickassradioshow.com page. Go there, www.thekickassradioshow.com. Listen to this. Take notes from what Shannon and I have been talking about. This is real shit, real stuff that you can begin taking action on immediately. Living quiet too much about it 20 years now when you have to deal with it anyway. But uh, to all my guests, thank you. Uh, to all my listeners, thank you very much. Have a kick-ass week. We're out of here. We'll see you next week. I love you guys. Take care. Thank you, Shannon. Have a great night. And rock on and kick-ass, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>